the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Friday edition of Talking Cowboys Week 1, Episode 4, as we get you ready for the Rams and Cowboys. Sunday night football just a couple days away as NFL football season is officially underway last night as the Chiefs took down the Houston Texans 34 to 20 on Thursday night football but we've got Cowboys football to talk about and we're going to dive into that over the next 45 minutes I'm Kyle Yeomans alongside the great Cowboys insider Rob Phillips and the great Heckma Harrison as always no Isaiah stand back today which is unfortunate because we're only three-fourths of what we usually are as a show without Isaiah in the mix. But, hey, uh, we're going to hold down the fort, and we'll see Isaiah again here next week and even this weekend if you're going to watch pregame live as well. But uh, tons of uh, tons of storylines to get to leading into the weekend. But, uh, guys, I want to kind of start on a, on a more serious note, and for a couple of reasons. First off, Really, one of the first things I do whenever I intro a show normally is I I usually like to say the date. And today is Friday, September 11th. And that's a date that's going to ring throughout the memories of of Americans for the the rest of time because of what happened back in 2001 on this date. Of course, the the terrorist attacks and the, the start of the war on terrorism in New York as the Twin Towers, also on the Pentagon, uh, and the terrorist attacks that were were brought out and, and things that uh, images that will never be forgotten and, and something that uh, all of us, I know, remember where we were when that moment was happening, no matter where we were in our walk of life and where we were uh, specifically physically. But guys, I wanted to kind of give you guys a, a, a moment in remembrance of, of those victims and, and really what that stood for as a country. And Rob, we'll start with you. I can't believe it's been almost 20 years, Kyle. I mean, it it just hit me today that it's been 19 years. Mm-hmm. I was in college at the time. I, I Like you said, there are certain things that you remember most, and there's a lot of things that still I can remember, but the things that stick out today still are the coverage that day, classes getting canceled on my campus, mm-hmm. Peter Jennings on ABC trying to guide us all through it, uh, President Bush's speech at Ground Zero, all of the first responders, and and their fearlessness in trying to help people and and i also remember george teague a week later running out through the tunnel onto the football field with the american flag Mm. that that to me is still just in my memory and um i guess for me it's just a reminder of of so many people need football you know to kind of bring it back to our show and having the season opener last night in the middle of another just just horrific situation in our country uh, it, it's nice to have football back because I think sometimes we need a diversion from some of the problems that we're having in our own lives. ECMA? Yeah, Kyle, I was, uh, I was living in Puerto Rico uh, at the time in, wow. in college, and, man, it was, uh, it was eerie. It was eerie being, being a student abroad and not being able to get back home uh, to my family and just the way that, life changed in, in, in a moment's notice. One of the things that I, I drew from 
September 11th is, you know, the first responders and their just heroic efforts to try and save people. The one, the first responders that ran up those those stairs mm. to try and save people while the building was coming down. I, I, that's something that has always stayed with me. Uh, just being glued to the television, like, and, and the eerie reminder of just being glued to the television is is the same today with the with the pandemic. But the one thing that I will always take from September 11th is how united we all stood after September 11th, how, you know, united we stand. We're all Americans and everyone standing together against, you know, terrorism. And, you know, September 11th is always going to be, my wife and I, we were talking about it, just 19 years. It just seems like that time flew. But even in that 19 years, man, you remember exactly where you were when that first plane hit the building. And and moments thereafter, I think we just all were in shock. And yeah, that's yeah, that's that's really my September 11th memory. Absolutely, and, and I appreciate you guys sharing that. Uh, especially, like Rob said, on on a football show, this isn't the normal thing that you talk about, but you have to talk about it because it does represent what we are as Americans in that unity and, and everything that that's involved in the red, white, and blue. And man, it's a it's a terrible memory, but it's a, a memory nonetheless. And we we. Take, wanted to take a couple moments here at the start of the show to remember those victims and to remember those first responders who uh, had their lives taken from them, almost 3,000 that day uh, throughout New York City, Washington, D.C., and in Pennsylvania as well. So we want to remember them. And, and while we're still kind of on a serious note, taking a, a, a more Cowboys look at a serious note in a storyline that came out yesterday, I don't even want to say really the name of the reporter, because I know that's kind of where he wants it to be. He wants his name out there. But there were reports, and there was a, a statement made yesterday about Dak Prescott and the fact that uh, he wasn't necessarily doing a, a good job of hiding his emotions. And, and, and Dak Prescott, in an interview last week, uh, or, that, or that was actually surfaced this week, rather, uh, went through his depression and, and his struggle with mental health and, and really some of the things that he dealt with as an individual and as a human whenever his brother was passed, uh, passed away back in, in April. So, uh, guys, kind of wanted to take a, a quick second to, to, to back Dak Prescott as well. I mean, mental health is no joke. I mean, this is something that uh, it's, it's very serious for, for thousands, millions of people uh, from a day-to-day -day basis. And I know this is something that, that at least both of you guys I know hold dear, both of you mentioned yesterday that this is something we want and need to talk about because of uh, of course it being our quarterback and Dak Prescott but at the same time this is a serious issue and people need to be aware of how serious it is Heckma well you know Kyle I think I want to stay with a trend of not mentioning you know the person that 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 the reason why we're talking about this mm -hmm. and Look, this is a tough subject, man, and, and I just want to be clear on the fact that I know it is. One of the things that I want to point to is the fact that Dak Prescott's interview was amazing. Yeah. And it was amazing because he was able to articulate what he's been going through through this pandemic and what it was like growing up Dak Prescott. The headline stiller is what was mentioned by said reporter that makes what, this is the reason why we're talking about it, but really what Dak was talking about was phenomenal. His, what he's doing as far as trying to help po the police officers and 
his charitable donations. His father talked about that. But then what it's like growing up a multiracial man in America. That's mm. that to me was the most striking thing about that. Because what he was talking about is two Americas, the Americas that we're seeing, white and black, right? And how being a multiracial man and having to deal with not being accepted on both sides and still having to deal with his raw emotions. Man, we've all been dealing with this pandemic. Mm. And it's, you know, hey, I'm a substitute teacher. I'm teaching my, my nine-year-old and my 13-year-old. And it, it has, it's, it's had its mental toll on everyone dealing with this. And I feel as though after listening to Dak and him being forthcoming and being honest about his emotions and what he's dealing with, that's something to not be targeted and said that, hey, this guy should be looked at like he's weak because he's talking in these terms. Mm -hmm. But more or less, look at the strength that he's exuding by saying that, look, I deal with something that everybody deals with. And it doesn't matter if you're the CEO of Amazon or you're the, the, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. He was making sure that everyone knows that he is human and he is dealing with all of this the best that he can. And, and look, I, I really, if, if anything, after listening to that interview, man, if I wasn't a Dak Prescott fan before, I'm a bigger Dak Prescott fan today. I can't say it any better than that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm with you guys. Like, I don't want to talk about the talk show host who said that and, and had that take because I know his bit. I've seen his bit for enough years now. He plays opposite man. He wants to have a take that's different than everybody else. Well, this one happened to be way out of line and just ridiculous. And um, everything Heckma said is exactly right. You know, I think... As men, I think a lot of times we're brought up to be stoic and tough and don't show our our emotions. Um, and the older you get, you realize that's just not that's not the case. It's okay to be vulnerable, as Dak said yesterday. And it doesn't matter how much money you make. You know, money's not everything. People, people, we never know what people are dealing with in their hearts day to day. And I think that's why it's really important. And, and Dak using his platform is so important. Like you said, heck, multiple different matters social justice, uh, now mental wellness. Like, for, for that to be said on air yesterday was so irresponsible given what people are dealing with in this country right now on a lot of different levels. We've talked about the pandemic. We've got, there are people dying, there are people sick, there are people isolated from their families, have seen family members die uh, and not being able to be with them because of the virus. And, and obviously there's there are social injustice problems in this country. There's a lot of things affecting people in this country, and it's important to have that message out there that it's okay to be hurting right now, you know? And, and I know my family has had a lot of problems this year, yeah. uh, personally, and, and other people have too. And, and to have Dak say that, that really struck me, you know, that, that, he can, that his message carries a lot of weight. And, and for him to say that, I think, can really help people. I, I applaud him for it. I think it was something that, that needed to be said, especially with somebody who does have the platform that he does. And both of you guys very well said on each of your parts. And I think he said it well himself, saying, and I'm going to quote from his interview with Graham Bensinger, excuse me, 
But he said, it showed me how vulnerable we have to be as humans, how open we have to be because of our adversity, our struggles, what we go through. It's always going to be too much for ourselves and maybe too much for even one or two people, but it's never too much for a community or never too much for the people and the family that you love. So we have to share those things. And I think that's very well said. It's it's absolutely a problem. And we're going to take a break here in just a couple of moments, and then we'll talk football, I promise. But as we go into this break, I wanted to mention that yesterday was uh, National World uh, it was World Suicide Prevention Day, and I wanted to leave this number out there just for those who may need some help. If you're happening, happening to listen to this podcast and you have been struggling with a depression or, or with a, a loss and you need somebody to talk to, reach out to those around you, absolutely, because it is a community that is needed in order to, to face these issues together, whether it's a, a mental health issue or even what we've been dealing with as a, a society with the COVID-19 pandemic and, and every issue that's going on in our world right now. But, uh, I mean, reach out to us. If you don't have anybody to reach out to, my DMs are open. Reach out to me. I have no issue talking to, to anybody about these types of issues, and, yep. and it's something that Absolutely. is needed to be done. So I wanted to throw that out there as well, but I wanted to throw this number out there. It's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, one 800 273 That's how we'll head into break. We'll be back with football talk here on Talking Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more, do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay? Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to Talking Cowboys. It's the second segment here of Talking Cowboys as we lead you into Sunday night football this upcoming Sunday between the Cowboys and the Rams. Appreciate you sticking through what was a very heavy first segment, but it was a couple topics that. 
we absolutely wanted to hit on and, and share our opinions on because uh, we do back both of those different causes, both uh, remembrance of 9-11 and never forgetting that, and then also backing Dak Prescott with the comments that were made uh, yesterday. But uh, we've got some breaking news to, to go into here on Talking Cowboys as well. Just a couple moments before we went on air, there was breaking news from Tom Palacero of NFL Network saying that the Cowboys have signed a one-year voidable extension, meaning $15 million of the base salary of one DeMarcus Lawrence has been converted into a signing bonus, which frees up $12 million of cap space this year by making such moves. So we've got some movement whenever it comes to the Cowboys and it comes to this roster. We thought, of course, last week we saw Zach Martin have a deal restructured. We saw some other cap space mingling in there. But, Rob, what does this mean whenever it comes to Demarcus Lawrence getting an extension that's voidable and a signing bonus and freeing up all this money? It's, it's really the same thing, I think, that we saw the same purpose that we saw with, with Tyron and with Zach recently, just mm-hmm. creating some more space, yes, for this year, but you know any, any unused money can carry over to 2021. I think that's really what they're eyeing. Uh, and, and they've done this in the past. You know, they, with, with franchise cornerstone players, I think they've done it with Tony Romo's contract in the past and some other top guys. You, know, you, can, you can convert some of that base salary to signing bonus money and then uh, basically carry it over and free up some space. So that's what they're doing, and, and we all know the cap is, is very uncertain next year. We also know there's a possibility that Dak Prescott will have to get franchised again, at least maybe in the interim, uh, to create space for what would be a $38 million cap figure. So that's, that's I think, primarily what they're looking at here. Heckma, do you agree? Because I, I know there are a lot of fans out there that might be saying there's a, there's a free agent that's on the market at the moment. I, I, I would tend to side with Rob whenever it comes to this is a future move to keep your quarterback, but I know how you and, and Isaiah had been talking, and I wish Isaiah would be on because he would say Earl Thomas right I wish off the Isaiah top. Was here too. I, he would say it immediately, yeah. but uh, Heckma, what do you think about this, this yeah. move? <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, I'm siding with Rob on this because I, I feel as though it's something that's going to free up that cap space to get Dak signed. At least that's what I'm hoping. And I'm hoping that Dak doesn't have, we don't have to go through this for another offseason uh, <laughs> with Dak and the franchise tag. I mean, God, that made for a lot of interesting banter, but let's get it done. Uh, I think that with COVID-19, the uniqueness of COVID-19 and just with so many things being up in the air on what the cap is going to be next year, I just feel like from an accounting standpoint, the Cowboys are just being very smart to make sure that they're not over uh, their cap space next year. Yeah, Man, if Isaiah were here right now, I don't think he would have let either of us finish. We couldn't even <laughs> no, finish our points. He would. <laughs> I, would have, I would have directed that question to Rob, and Isaiah would have answered it. That's how it would have worked out if, if he was here, because he would be thinking. And I know there are a lot of listeners right now that are saying, oh, my gosh, we freed up $12 million of cap space. That means Earl Thomas is coming, right? It's not necessarily going to work like that. I really don't think it will. If it does, it does. And, hey, we've got a Pro Bowl safety back there, and that would be interesting and something that – I know I think all three of us would welcome from a football perspective. I just don't know if it's going to happen from a business perspective and from a locker room standpoint and things like that moving into the season. But you you look at uh, really the the situation that Mike McCarthy has coming up here in week one. There's still a lot of question marks around his quarterback and the the storylines that surfaced yesterday. Of course, Earl Thomas is still looming in the storylines. There's all these restructurings from the front office, but – there's a chance to just get down to football this weekend, and I think that's what he's excited about as 
He talked about yesterday in his press conference, he's just ready to get back out there. He's ready to to go up against a, a coach like Sean McVay on the other sideline. And that's kind of where I want to go with this segment is talking about this coaching matchup. Mike McCarthy has a Super Bowl. Sean McVay has an AP Coach of the Year, something that Mike McCarthy does not have in his tenure. This is not necessarily an easy matchup for McCarthy, even though Sean McVay is also coming off a pretty disappointing season, Heckma. What do you think about the coaching matchup and really two different style of gurus going at it Sunday night? Yeah, well, I think that I'm a homer, but I got to say this. I just feel as though McCarthy and his experience kind of you have to move the the needle towards him because of that experience. But at the same time, both of these guys are from those families or schools of thought uh, as far as offensive gurus are concerned. I thought it I found it very funny to well, just fascinating that McCarthy talked about looking at Sean McVay's offense and admiring it from afar with him having an opportunity in with being you know fired by Green Bay mm-hmm. to just look at different coaches and just his admiration for Sean McVay and the multiple schemes and tempos and formations uh, that he runs some of his plays out of. And so I found that to be one of the things that I think is going to give Coach Mike McCarthy a leg up. And, by the way, I think it should be noted that he has three coaches that were on the staff for for Los Angeles as well. So he's had a a really good opportunity to dissect some of the things that Sean McVay likes to do out in L.A. Man, McCarthy didn't have the the, uh, coach of the year when they went 15-1 in Green Bay that year. That's interesting. Yeah, Um, at least that's what I saw from from my research. I might have missed it, but I, I really don't think so. Wow. Well, yeah, I think he's been an underrated coach throughout his time in Green Bay because I think, you know, people see Aaron Rodgers and think, you know, he's he's the face. But uh, to Heckma's point, I, creativity jumps out at me first when you talk about both coaches. I think what Sean McVay has done the last two, three years uh, in terms of some of his offensive mindset, formations, different pre-snap looks, I think it's been adopted around the league. Uh, you're seeing it more and more around the league. But I think both coaches – recognize you have to adapt you know you know the Rams had a tough tough year last year offensively after what they did a couple years ago in the Super Bowl run um and you know and Sean McVay admitted you know we didn't use Todd Gurley enough last year so I think that's something he's got a he's probably looking at and and the best coaches find the best ways to use what personnel they have so it's going to be interesting to see what the Rams real strengths are this year and uh, you know with the changes that they've made on the roster that we talked about the last couple days and and Mike McCarthy like Heck said he has spent a year off basically coaching himself and evaluating himself on what things did I not do well enough maybe my last couple years in Green Bay and the thing I liked the most that he said recently was I'm trying to empower my coaches Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator, other coaches on staff to, you know, empower these guys to take control of, of their positions and their play calling and, and, uh, and obviously use his influence as well. I think his time off, his, the analytics stuff, he's looked at that. Uh, I think it's, it's made him a better coach, and we're about to all find out here in a couple days. We are going to find out, and it's a it's a change for both sides because you look at Mike McCarthy and, and what he's done over the past year now with a new franchise. Sean McVay 
has a trio of new coordinators, basically an entirely new staff underneath him and a new identity. We talked about it, and, and Rob, you alluded to it just a moment ago, about the new identity of this Rams team. Last year, they abandoned the run. They went to the pass. It was Jared Goff versus the world whenever it came to slinging the football around a little bit. It's one of the reasons why they ended up as a top-five passing offense in the NFL, but Heckma, whenever you look at the options that Sean McVay has and the creativity that he has as a coach, are you expecting straightforward passing attack, let's throw the football around, or is there something up his sleeve a little bit come Sunday? No, I think there's no mystery with Sean McVay. I mean, he does a lot of different things from a multiple sets. I love it. You know, he does the bunch sets with the tight ends. Uh, he even goes four receivers down on the goal line. So there's, I mean, he has no shame about what he wants to do. And that's get you your vertical in the passing game. We're going to see a lot of five DBs. It's just nickel and dime packages uh, for everyone. And, I, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday as far as touching on what the tight ends do in that offense. And that's what I think. It's going to be very interesting as far as matchups in this game is how we can adjust to what they do with their tight ends. I mean, they have tight end screens. Anytime Jared Goff is bootlegging, he gets out of space and always will find Higby or Everett. But I think that's the challenge that the Cowboys has is those multiple sets and some of the things that like Rob alluded to the pre-snap stuff. They come out, they go with a hard count, you know, quick count, things like that. They're always keeping the defense on their toes. So Mike Nolan has his hands full and he has to prepare for everything for this Rams offense. Yeah, the tight end matchup's really interesting because it, it, it makes it reminds me of what Mike and Mike Nolan have said this this offseason and in camp where it's about matchups in the secondary. It's not so much okay, you play corner, you play safety, you gotta be able to adjust and, and they've got versatile DBs that are physically able uh, to match up with tight ends and cover as well. You know, I think Daryl Worley comes to mind. Brandon Carr, I don't know if he's going to be called up for this game. He, you know, he, he mm -hmm. didn't have a training camp. But he, he's a guy in your mind where he's a big enough corner, a DB that can match up with tight ends and, and, and carry them down the field. So uh, the Cowboys, I think, are trying to build their defense that way to handle some of the, the versatile uh, looks that you're going to see from other, from other offenses. And I think that's that's what Mike Nolan's whole shtick is, is the fact that he's able to throw those multiple defenses out there and, and provide different looks to keep an offense off guard. And one of the reasons why this team's been so secretive throughout the course of the offseason and training camp, and hopefully it pays off. But I've got a stat, guys, that yes. I want to throw out here. I've got a stat. It might make you nervous a little bit. How about this? I've got two, actually. Uh -oh. These are two separate stats. First one is that Mr. Sean McVay, that coach on the other side who's – who was hired as the youngest NFL head coach in history is a, a whopping 3-0 and as a head coach in season openers. And in those season openers, he's averaged over 36 points per game and outscored his opponent, uh, opponents 109-49. So they've outscored them by more than half a century of points, and they've just been absolutely dominant in season openers. And on the other side, how about the second stat? Mike McCarthy in his first game, as the Packers head coach, so his first game with a new franchise in a season opener on the road, it was against Chicago back in 2006. 26 to nothing loss, and he gave up 
four field goals, and an 84-yard punt return touchdown to none other than Devin Hester of the Chicago Bears. And that's how the Packers no tenure. That. That's how no the Packers tenure. Yeah, well, it is Devin Hester. But that's how the Packers tenure for Mike McCarthy started. Does that make you nervous on both of those stats, Rob, moving into Sunday's game just because of the, the similarities or, the I guess, the uh, polar opposites of the two coaches? Are you saying the Cowboys are going to go to L.A. and get beat 50 to nothing? Uh, no, no. And we'll I'll do, wait, I'll wait we'll for do our predictions. predictions. We'll do our predictions. predictions. But, no, I'm not saying 50 to nothing. That's not what I'm saying. But I am throwing out these stats to see if it will make no. you nervous. Uh, I mean, I think you have to respect Sean McVay. Uh, and, that, to me, that really speaks to a young coach that gets his team prepared to play. Uh, but every year is different. Every team's different. Um, I don't think you can look back at what happened with Green Bay and say it's going to affect this team. I, I do expect a high-scoring game. One, because we don't. neither team knows what the other team's going to do, and there's no crowd noise. There's, no, there's, no, <laughs> nothing, there, there's nothing to impact yeah. Dak Prescott in the offensive line at the line of scrimmage. And so I, I think we're going to see a lot of points. Um, but no, I don't really – I'm not nervous, Kyle. <laughs> I'm not nervous at all. Heckma? No, I'm not either, uh-huh. Kyle. And, and – yeah, it's the first time, first time for everything, right? It, 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 is com- it is coming this Sunday. My belief about, and I think we're talking about the Sean McVay and McCarthy matchup, but I don't think enough has been made about the Dak Prescott, Jared Goff matchup as well. Mm-hmm. Think about where these both of these quarterbacks are, same class. Uh, one guy is, is, is fighting to get that contract that solidifies and validates him as a top-tier quarterback, and another one is just kind of easy breezy nonchalantly just going about his business and making about 32 33 million dollars <laughs> look yeah. here's the thing when it comes down to golf i know he gets really antsy and jumpy when defenses are putting pressure on him right and i believe that with the with the defense that we have that's the number one thing that we like you said nolan stick Let's make this guy uncomfortable the whole game. Let's come after him. We know what he likes to do. He wants to get out, get the ball out of his hands quickly. That's their success. They run this West Coast offense, just the same that we're looking at here in Dallas with, the, with a little bit of Kellen Moore mixed in with that. But at the same time, we're going to play fast. But defensively, it's going to be our responsibility to move Goff out of that pocket and make him uncomfortable. I totally agree. It's, this game's going to come down to who controls the line of scrimmage on both sides. And I, I cannot wait to see what Tristan Hill does in the middle of that Cowboys mm. defensive line because he, he had an encouraging camp, and he's matching up against Blythe and that, that interior Rams offensive line, which some people think is, is maybe a weak spot. We'll find out this season. Uh, but how good can this defensive line, defensive front for the Cowboys be? Because they showed flashes. I know it's non-tackling practice, but they showed flashes in camp of, wow, like the talent level, the versatility, they have a chance to be really, really good. So uh, can, they, can they disrupt Goff? Heck's exactly right. To me, that's the key to the game. I just want to mention, when's, first off, how crazy things can change so quickly because 
What Rob just said, we're going into week one of 2020 after the 2019 that Tristan Hill said. Alarms went off in my head whenever you said, I'm excited to see what Tristan Hill has in store for this offensive line and for this game on Sunday. Alarms went off because (laughs) that's originally you're like, what? What are you talking about? But that's how good his camp was, and that's how good his offseason was. Even without a full NFL OTA-ridden offseason, he was still able to come into camp and look noticeably better and at the moment earn a starting spot according to Stephen Jones in the the Cowboys depth chart that they put out earn a starting spot for Tristan Hill so yeah I think it does come down to the trenches it's what it came down to uh, in week 15 of last season the Cowboys dominated the trenches and they ended up winning up winning that game 44 to 21 but when we come back here on talking Cowboys we got a chance to look at the defending Super Bowl champions in the Kansas City Chiefs last night are they headed back to the Super Bowl? And will the Cowboys be with them? We give you our 2020 predictions when we come back on to Talking Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards. And that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer, where you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses. You can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. Segment of this Friday edition of Talking Cowboys. So glad you're with us on DallasCowboys.com alongside Heckma Harrison and Rob Phillips. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Isaiah Stanback will be back with us on Monday. By the way, if you want to catch Rob and Isaiah and myself, we'll all be on pregame live coming up this Sunday leading you into kickoff between the L.A. Rams and the Dallas Cowboys. So you're not done with us just yet this weekend in terms of content on DallasCowboys.com. But, uh, guys, we've got some predictions to get to. It's the final show before really NFL season kicks off. It kicked off last night with a 34-20 Chiefs win over the Texans. But... The NFL weekend is still very much so ahead of us, and we've got a full Sunday slate coming up in a couple of days. But, man, uh, I was going through these last night. I've got every 
prediction from all of you guys. I've got the predictions for each division winner, Super Bowl matchup, and Super Bowl champion, and then we'll predict Sunday's game uh, at the end. But I, I wanted to start with you, uh, Heckma, just because I, I really have no idea where you're going with this. I think I've maybe got a feel of where Rob could go, but I don't know anything about where Heckma's at in terms of these predictions. So give us your AFC division champions east to south all the way through. Let's go. Oh, God. All right, East. <laughs> uh, east, I'm going AFC East. I'm going Buffalo. Okay. AFC, AFC North, I'm going Baltimore. AFC South, oh, God, help me, Rob, here. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make a list right now myself. <laughs> uh Houston? That's a toss you had thing. Houston last night. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, you did yeah, have Houston last, last night, night, and they let well, you let down. Let me tell you, without without grit, without Hopkins, I'm just like they look real average to me right now. So I'm gonna go Houston. I'll go Houston on that one. Uh, and obviously Kansas City. Come on now. Okay. Yeah, that one's pretty easy. <laughs> Rob, what you got easy. for the AFC? Uh, I'm going to go Buffalo. I'm, I'm going chalk from last year, I think. I'm okay. going Buffalo, Baltimore, Tennessee, and Kansas City. Baltimore. You said, what was the third? Or who was the well, AFC the, South? Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay, Kansas City, Tennessee. All right. I'm keeping up with these, by the way, for all of those keeping track at home. I am also keeping track, so that way we can come back at the end of the season and look through this. Uh, okay, so I'm... Who you got? Uh, I'll go with the Bills, the Chiefs, the Ravens, and this is where I switch it up. I think the Colts win the AFC South, and I think they're a better team than a that's lot a of people one. give up. So I, I think the Colts. Thinking, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, so I think the Colts win the AFC like South. Uh, Isaiah's picks were the Bills, the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Titans. So he's going pretty chalk of last year as well. Right. I think didn't New England win that division still last year? And Buffalo was the wild card. I'm trying You're to right. remember, but uh, You're right. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, so a little change there. I mean, there are still people out there that are. Thinking thinking that New England is going to, to win the division. By the way, I am watching the comments on our Periscope stream, so if you have predictions of your own, throw them in there. I'll read them out uh, while we're going through our predictions ourselves just because I, I think there is a but good little back and forth. That's but I think Buffalo's a better team this you know year, what? and I think New England's got a chance. What was that, Robbie? you changing something? I'm, I'm, I'm changing my pick. i got to go with the Pats, what? man. I have, I have to. I have Even to. with Cam Newton at Ooh, the I'm helm. I'm changing yeah, I'm a I'm a Cam believer. I I really I am. am. Too. I'm a, I really I'm am. a Belichick believer for sure. I think they're going to be just fine. So I am going straight chalk from last year. Sorry, I'm, I'm surprised yeah. Isaiah didn't go with his former head coach and Bill Belichick. He instead went with the Bills, and so that's uh, that's a little intriguing to me as well. But uh, all right, moving I think on. The Bills defense is just next level. S- super good. It's nasty. Yeah, it's they're good. Yeah, they are McNasty. And I think Josh Allen's the real deal at quarterback, too. Even though he's not your typical quarterback, I think he's a good modern NFL quarterback. Um, okay, NFC. Rob, we'll start with you this time. I'll go west to east. Okay. And I'll start. I'll go with Seattle. Seattle, New Orleans, Green Bay. And your Dallas Cowboys taking the NFC East. What's your prediction on Cowboys wins this year? Cowboys wins. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to go 
ten and six. Okay, and that's good enough to win the six, division. That, that gives you, yeah, I think so, and it gives you a little buffer. Maybe they catch a break here or there, and they win an extra game or two. You never know. I like it. Heckma ten and six. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So, all right, let's go. I'm going Seattle. Okay. Boy, this is just getting tough. Oh, <laughs> Seattle, Seattle Saints. New Seattle Orleans. Saints. Yeah. Um, of course, Cowboys, NFC East. Who am I missing here? I'm missing you got the somebody. North. Yeah, you got the North. Uh, uh, Vikings. Ooh, okay. Going Vikings. with Minnesota there. The I like it. Yeah. Okay. I'm a fan. And then you, uh, you've got the NFC East, my boy. Yeah, we Cowboys. Okay, I mean, come on. What are you okay, well, about? what's your what's your win prediction then? Hey, man, this is this is tough. Well, you got to take uh, notes so on this hard. beforehand. It's so okay. hard. Oh, I'm, I'm, all right, eleven and five. Eleven and five. Okay, eleven and five. Awesome. Eleven and five. Eleven and five. NFC East champions. Isaiah went with the Seattle Seahawks. The Green Bay Packers went in the NFC North. The NFC South belongs to the Saints, and he picked the Cowboys to win the NFC East. I didn't get a win prediction from him. I'll ask him uh, coming up here in a little bit. But So he's pretty much the same as what you guys had. I've got a little bit different. I've got the Cowboys winning the NFC East, of course, and I'll t- tell you my win total here in a second. Uh, the NFC West, the 49ers, I think, win that division again. I still think they're fantastic, and Kyle Shanahan's got them rolling. I think the NFC North goes to the Vikings. I think they're better than the, the Packers, and I think that's going to be a fun little back and forth. But uh, I think Smart man. even without Stephon Diggs, I still think the Vikings are really good. Uh, and then the NFC South, the Saints. The New Orleans Saints are going to dominate that division. Uh, wow! I'll, I'll do. Nobody picked Tampa Bay? No. No, I'm not a believer Nobody in Tom picked Brady. Tampa. Nobody not. picked mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Wow. No, I think the rest of his squad is really good, and they're going to make the playoffs. But I, I just think it's because the rest of the squad's really good. But we'll see. He'll, he's proven me. He's I'm proven leaning me wrong. to what I know. It's true. He's proven a lot of people wrong. That's yep. true. That's true. Uh, I'm going to say 11 and five for the Cowboys. By the way, I, I went through the the schedule last night. I think they'll go 11 and five and win the division. So I'm right there with you, Heckman. 11 and five. Uh, okay, Super Bowl matchup and Super Bowl champion Rob. What you got on that one? Man, I I basically I basically said the Chiefs are going to go 16 and 0 yesterday. So I got to stick with that. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. I got Pat Mahomes as the MVP, and I've got the the Chiefs back in the Super Bowl. I'll go with I'll go with Seattle. I'll okay. Go with Seattle. I think the Cowboys have a chance to make a run, but I but it you know the continuity part of it to me I think probably gives teams an advantage this year. Teams that have more continuity in terms of coaching and personnel. The the Seahawks did a lot to upgrade, you know, in terms of. Defensively, Jamal Adams. They got some help offensively for Russ. I'll go with them, but I got. I mean, I don't see the. I don't see the Chiefs losing much at all this year. Yeah. At all. Let's yeah, just go nineteen and zero. I'll go. I'll go Chiefs. Holy cow! Okay. Yep. Man. Wow. What? Holy cow! No, I don't. Happened. I don't really believe that. But they're they're going <laughs> to okay. have. I thought that it's was be your very prediction. Few losses, and I got them repeating. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, Heckma. Rob, I don't know what. Okay, all right, I'm, I'm gonna leave that alone. What? All right, so I got Baltimore 
coming out of the AFC. Mm. And guys, let me tell you something. Tell me something. This is our year, guys. And I'm going to put it to you just like this. After seeing Dak's interview, after seeing Dak's interview and him talking about I have a fire burning in me and you can put anything in it and it's just going to keep on burning. This is a man on a mission. He has every reason to be the MVP of the National Football League this year. I said it. MVP Dak. So write mm. that down. Kyle, I know what you're going to do. I got it. I'm already doing I it. I just think, man, it's time. You know, it's so many Cowboy haters out there, and every time they want to talk about Cowboys playoffs, oh, my God, you guys haven't won the Super Bowl <laughs> in a quarter of a century. They don't say 25 years, a quarter of a century to make it sound so much longer, right? But at the same time, we have the personnel. We have everything that we need up front defensively to dominate. We have Ezekiel Elliott. We have the weapon. We have Amari Cooper. Oh, and we just got this guy from OU. That is going to set the league on fire. Wow. I'm going, I'm going Cowboys, Ravens with return of the championship to the city. <laughs> Cowboys win Super Bowl, man. I said Man, it. man. Wow. I'm, I'm ready to I run 20, through that wall. What was that, 25 years later? A quarter of a century later, we do. That would be a ticket. Ticket take parade so downtown Dallas. Meet me in Oak Cliff. <laughs> oh man, that would be a party. I, I think we would have. I'll to tell have you it. what. You know. You know what? If they pulled this off, right, with as many changes as they had to their their scheme, their coaching staff, players, that would be the biggest Super Bowl of the six that they've ever won. The most significant Ooh. in the middle of a pandemic. All of that. That would be one of the greatest accomplishments in the history of sports. I, I think it's possible. I thought Rob was going to make a, a bet here. I thought he was going to make a bet, and I'm, of course, uh, a big fan of, of bets and, and holding yourself to, to a, a standard. But, yeah, I, I I'm like that. I'm not running to the star and back. You're not I'm running not to the star that. and back? Okay. <laughs> it helped us get a wide receiver. Uh, no, if, we, if they ended up winning a Super Bowl, if they ended up winning a Super Bowl, then, hey, I'm, I, I'll do a podcast down in South Oak Cliff. We'll, do, we'll have a talking Cowboys party. It'll be a whole thing. Uh, but That'd man, cool. I, I remember you said, remember, I'll remember you it. Said I'll, that. yeah, no, I, I, once again, I'm a All man right. of my word. Okay. Right. Isaiah, uh, Oh, hey, I, I missed it. Kyle, up. if we go 0 at 15, I'm gonna lose all credibility, boy. Yeah, you will. Oh, you absolutely will. Um, you'll be the the homer of the of the group for sure. Uh, okay, Isaiah yeah, said man. San Francisco over Baltimore in the Super Bowl is his prediction. Uh, I think the okay. Chiefs. I think the Chiefs will get back to the Super Bowl. And I think they'll go up against the Saints, and I think the Chiefs will win. And I even put a score on it. I said, uh, I said, forty to twenty-one, Chiefs over Saints, back-to-back Wait a Super Bowl champions. Wait a Wait a wow! None yep. of y'all picked the Cowboys. I, I'm with Rob. It's got to be the continuity. No. Here's the thing. I'll predict. I'll make a prediction here about the Cowboys. I think they make it to a championship game, and they, they just lose to the Saints. That's my I prediction. Too. I think I'll they'll Seattle. make a run. I, got Seattle, I just don't. Dallas. I don't think they'll go all the way. That's my only thing. Mike was so disappointed. He doesn't even have any words. He doesn't even have words at the moment. Okay, let's look at Sunday's. How about the Cowboys? There you go. I love it. Uh, Really quickly, we're already over time, but Sunday's matchup, Heckma, who you got? Cowboys. Okay. Rob? Cowboys. 31-27, high-scoring game, Cowboys. Oh, this is going to make me look really bad here then. Um, I love the Cowboys, and I just predicted them to go (laughs) 11-5. 
this is going to be one of those five losses. And I, I say it's going to be 34-30 Rams. And it, I'm not happy about it, but I've got that gut feeling. We've got an article coming up on Cowboys.com that is gut feeling, and I explain my pick, so go check that out. But I am picking the Rams. 34-30 to 30 is my score. Uh, I, I will hopefully be totally wrong on Monday, and you guys can make fun of me because if that's the case, then I might have to pick them to lose the rest of the year if they if the Cowboys come out and win. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm happy taking that bullet if I need to. But, guys, it's been a ton of fun. I want to run through some of these fan, fan predictions so far. Uh, SB40 says the Cowboys are 11-5. and five. ATK says Cowboys 12-4. and four. Uh, Some of these guys really like the Bears. Uh, Kansas City, New Orleans in the Super Bowls. Cowboys over Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Heckma, you're not alone. Cowboys over Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Uh, Jay said, get down with your bad self, Heck. I love that. I think that's perfect. He said Oak Cliff, so you're represented there as well. And then (laughs) 34-13, Sunday win for the Cowboys. 34-13, SB40 comes in with that. Oh, and Newey Scruggs chiming in. He'll be on later today on the on the players lounge says the Rams will be, new, yeah. he he's, he's making fun of me for my Rams over Cowboys prediction and I'll take it that's fine uh, I'll take that I'll take that bullet I made the prediction if they lose then I'm right if they if they win then I'm even happier so that's that's the point but guys it's been a ton of fun we can't wait to see you next week hopefully the Cowboys will be one and0 heading into week two. And we'll get you ready for that matchup as well. But for now, for Rob Phillips, for Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long for Talking Cowboys. We'll see you next week in a 1-0 Cowboys team. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!